Welcome to CLCC Online. We pray that this message draws you towards Jesus and strengthens your walk with Him. We believe that we were meant to do life in community. So if you live in the Fraser Valley area, we would love to get you connected into the family. Find everything you need at clcc.ca. Enjoy. I grew up in a church with a lot of expectations on how you should act. It was an expectation that if you were a guy on Sundays, you wore a suit and tie to our services all the time. No excuses. But I, I couldn't find that anywhere in the Bible. Now, I, I, I remember one of the coolest guys in our church came to a service one Sunday night and he didn't wear a tie. I know, right? I, I can hear your gasps all the way from Aldergrove. Now, we probably should have taken him outside and stoned him on the spot for doing such a horrendous act. <laughs> when it comes to people who follow Jesus, I think he wants people to know what we believe and have standards. But I think he also wanted to, us to accept people and love them. But there is a tension there, isn't there? How do you love people you don't always agree with? Jesus told us that he wants us to love people the way that he loved them. And here's the problem. Because when you look into the Gospels and see the way that Jesus loved, it's terrifying. There is a tension. And, and, and there's this tension, we want to we solve it. We, we want to figure it out. We don't, we don't like the tension. Do you, do you know where there's no tension? In labels. We, we even pick churches because of their label. label. We, we want to know how they're going to react in cert certain situations. I, I have to get new people trying to figure us out and asking questions about our church. And now, it comes out in different ways, but the bottom line is that the question that they're asking is this. Is CLCC a truth church or is CLCC a grace church? Now, no one ever asks it that way. But those who want to know if we're a truth church, they ask this, what do you believe? Sometimes they're asking about specific issues. They, they want to know if we're going to call out sin and condemn sin. But then, then, then there's people who, who want to know if we're a grace church, and this is what they ask. Will I be accepted? These grace church people think that no matter who you are, everyone is welcome. No matter what you have done, you can come because we're all forgiven. We're all sinners. We're all forgiven. Maybe, maybe when you read the Gospels and you wonder, what kind of church Jesus, what kind of church Jesus have gone to? For some of us, that, that would be an easy question to answer. If you're from a grace church, you would say, of course, Jesus would go to a grace church. And then you would point to all the stories where Jesus gave these incredible amounts to, of grace to people who needed it. But then you're from a truth church. If you're from a truth church, you would point to all the verses of Jesus calling out people on their sin. You know, he was telling them that they need to get things right, telling them they had to change. We would, you would show them how Jesus was proclaiming truth to people. Maybe a better question than that, than what kind of church Jesus went to, because <laughs> I don't know if that argument will ever be settled. A better question might be, if Jesus wants us to love the way that he loved, the question should be, how did Jesus love? Even, 
even when you ask that question. It, it, gets, it gets messy and it's inconsistent. You, you might even say that it looks like Jesus isn't even fair and there's a tension. And like we've said before, we don't like tension. Even last week we said that when there is tension, church people get weird. We want to solve the tension. We want Jesus to be truth or grace. But how did he love through this tension of truth and grace? I've seen that if you try and resolve the tension that's around Jesus' love, you lose. You lose and you give up something important. But, but we are tempted to do that. This isn't a tension we solve, but a tension we manage. And in this tension, we find Jesus. Because at times, Jesus seems to be very forgiving. And at times, he holds everyone accountable. Sometimes he points out sin, then other times it's, it's almost like he ignores it. Today, today we're going we're gonna to look at a, uh, the first chapter of the Gospel of John. If you have your Bibles with you or if you want to log on with your smartphones, you could do that right now. The Apostle John was probably one of Jesus' best friends. He knew Jesus well. Now, he wrote about this tension, this tension we're talking about in one of his books. In the first chapter, John begins with this big picture of Jesus being the Word. Now, for me, <laughs> the way that John writes, it's sometimes hard to little understand. Sometimes John's creativity comes out in his letters. Instead of telling his readers that Jesus was there at the beginning, this is, this is what John writes. This is what he writes. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And we say, what? <laughs> we say, okay, John, thanks for clearing that up. Now, now, I know. I know that this verse is confusing for some people. But here's the bottom line. Here's what John wants you to know. God sent his word as a person, Jesus. He sent him into the world, and God's message, it became more than a book, more, more than laws. It became flesh. This was God sending his message, not through a letter, not through laws, but through flesh and blood. But there's a problem. And I've heard this problem explained this way. John describes it as John has painted a beautiful painting of the people he created. And he, he loved these people so much, he went into the painting to interact with the people. But when he got there, the people, the people in the painting, they, they didn't recognize him. They didn't recognize him as their creator of their existence. And these people, they didn't want him around and they threw him out of the picture. They rejected him. They rejected God. They rejected their creator. And right at the beginning of the book of John, John gives us the words that best capture this tension that we're talking about. That tension that if you're a follower of Jesus, you're going to bump into this. And just to warn you, it, it makes following Jesus messy. Because if you go one way or another to relieve the tension, man, you're going to leave something important out. These are the words. These are the words that John shares in his gospel. These, these are the words that he left us with. And just to describe this tension, this is what John writes in John chapter 1, verse 14. The word became human, remember the word is Jesus, and made his dwelling amongst us. He made his home. He camped out with us. And I love the way the message version puts it. it this, is how he, this is how the message says, it says this verse. He moved 
into the neighborhood. I love that imagery. God becomes one of us, moves into our neighborhood to help us understand God. John continues, We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John continues this in verse 16, and one version puts it this way Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. He gave us grace and then to top it off, he gave us more grace. This, this is an incredible image. Grace on top of grace. He takes this amazing gift from God and to make it better, he gives us more of it, the same thing. Uh, I guess it's, it's kind of like bacon. Now, work with me. How can you make bacon better? Well, you can wrap it in more bacon. <laughs> now, I, I think I may have lost me vegetarians, so let me think if I can find a question that can relate to you. Um, okay, here's, here's one for you. How can you make broccoli better? Uh, okay, maybe that's not a great example. There are lots of ways to make broccoli better. Um, you know, one way you can do it is just put bacon bacon on it, I guess. But <laughs> John gives us this image that he poured out his grace on us and it overflowed. Then he continues in verse 17. For the law was given through Moses. And this is what the law told us. This is what God expects. And, and here's what you do when you don't meet those expectations. When you break the law, you have to go to the temple and you have to make a sacrifice. That usually involved blood. Something had to die for your sins. John says the law was given to us through Moses. But then, then Jesus came. And John's probably thinking, how, how do I put this on pen and paper? Uh, verse 17, for the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Did you catch that? The law was given. Grace and truth were not given. Grace and truth came as a person. It was like it was, like it was born, showed up as a full package. Grace and truth came through Jesus when you look at grace and truth, sometimes it, they could be at sometimes opposite ends of the spectrum. But John says, Jesus came to give us grace and he came to give us truth to the brim of both equal parts. How does, how does that work? There, and there's the tension. Can you really be full of both? Because you, you, you know what grace is and you know what truth is. Truth says you're a sinner and you're going to be held accountable Grace says, but it's okay. You're forgiven. Grace says, you're fine. And truth says, you're broken. It's interesting to note that all of us tend to lean one way or another. And here's what John said. Uh, I've spent years watching Jesus, years watching him interact with all different kinds of people. Some people who liked him and some people who didn't. <laughs> some people who needed a pat on the back and some who needed just a kick in the pants. But I've observed all of these interactions. This is what I found. I found that Jesus was absolutely full of both grace and truth. I don't know about you, but I want it to be one way or the other. I, I want to convince Jesus, Jesus, go one direction or another, maybe depending what I've done or what's been done to me. But sometimes I like to lean toward the verses about truth when I'm telling people what to do or maybe when I've been hurt. 
But then on the other hand, I, I like the verses that lean towards grace when I've gotten myself in trouble and I've hurt someone. And this is what John said. John, John said, I've watched Jesus. For three years, I watched Jesus. And the best way I can describe it is that he was full to the brim of grace and truth. Grace and truth was born. They came through Jesus Christ. I do not think that this is the balance between grace and truth, but that's where we all want to live. We want balance. I don't think this is one of the times that we need balance. Balance isn't mentioned. This is the full measure of both. You can read about Jesus' interaction with Jesus or with Matthew, the tax collector. Now, tax collectors were thought of as traitors to the Jewish people. They were Jewish themselves. And the, uh, their fellow Jews didn't want anything to do with the tax collectors. And this is what the question was. How could you be Jewish? How could you be one of us and work for the Romans who we hate, who are oppressing your people? Matthew says to Ma Jesus says to Matthew, the tax collector, hey, hey Matthew, I, I want you to join my group and follow me. To which the other disciples are thinking, um, Jesus, do we have a say whether he can join us or not? Because if you include him with us, I wonder if what you think about us. If we have a tax collector in our group, people are going to think that we actually approve of tax collectors. To which Jesus would said, you haven't seen anything yet. It's going to get way worse today. We're actually going to his house and he's going to invite all these other rich tax collector buddies. And those rich guys, they know how to party. You think your reputation is in jeopardy now? Wait until this afternoon when the DJ shows up and the party starts and there might be dancing. And if you grew up in a truth church, you know what that means. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, doesn't it concern you that you're approving of what they do? Jesus would respond, what do you think I'm here for? The Son of Man came to seek and save what was lost, seek and save what was valuable. You know, we'll be there. We'll be at that party to show that there is more to life than what they are living for. I love the way the message puts it. I'm here to invite outsiders, not to coddle insiders. Jesus wasn't there to guard his reputation. He was there to show what God was like. He was there to show love. Jesus managed this tension between grace and truth. And we see this at the crucifixion. Jesus is hanging on a cross. He's got a thief on each side. One of those thieves said, we're, you know what? We're, we're getting what we deserve. Now, if Jesus were just full of grace, he might say, oh, wait, wait, wait. Don't say that. You don't deserve this. You've had a tough life. Don't be so hard on yourself. It, it wasn't your fault. It, probably your parents. They probably didn't hug you enough. But you have a good heart. You just, you just made some bad choices. You just made some mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. Jesus doesn't say that. He, 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 it's, it's almost like Jesus says, there's no argument here. There's, there's the truth we're looking for. But then he says, but when you breathe your last breath, you'll be with me today in paradise. And there's, there's the grace. Truth and grace to the full. The truth people there that day would have said, today? <laughs> today? That doesn't seem fair. Jesus, be consistent. Just a few chapters ago, a rich young guy came to you and he said he wanted eternal life. Do you remember what you told him? 
You said, you have to sell all you have and follow me. And that guy was a good guy. This is a bad guy who's, who's there right beside you. He's, Jesus, just so you know, he's hanging on a cross. <laughs> Only guilty people get crosses. But he gets a get out of jail free card at the last minute. Jesus, that's unfair. And, and it's confusing. There's a tension there with truth and grace. But if you try and resolve it, you will lose something. Then you can look at the story of a woman caught in the act of adultery. The religious leaders want her dead on the spot. They haul her in to see what Jesus has to say about the situation. Jesus said, okay. Jesus said, okay. Let's follow Moses' law. Stone her. But wait, wait, wait. Whoever has no sin, you go first. You start. The person who's never committed adultery in their heart, you go first. The guy who's never looked at a woman and thought, I wonder what she looks like without her clothes on. You throw the first stone. And all these guys leave. They go away. And after Jesus makes everyone there really uncomfortable, he looks at this woman and says, I don't condemn you. Now go leave your life of sin. That's a little confusing as well. How can you not condemn her, but call her a sinner at the same time? I don't condemn you, now stop sinning. Which way is it? Uh, I don't condemn you or you're a sinner? And Jesus would say, it's both. Jesus, did you, did you have to bring up the sin part? He'd say, yeah. Then how can you say that she is not condemned? How can you call her a sinner and not condemn her? Jesus would say, because this is how I love. I am the embodiment of grace and truth. As a church, we try and get this right, but we will never do it as well as Jesus. In some ways, uh, I wish we could choose. Because if we wanted to be a truth church, it would be so easy. We'd say, just, just look at the rules. We could tell you, we could tell you what movies you should watch, how long your hair should be, who you should vote for. We could tell you where your kids should go to school. We would know that if you're in or out, maybe, maybe just the way you vote. If we were a grace church, that would probably be easy too. We could say, we will never make you feel uncomfortable with anything, with anything you should be working on. We'll never call it sin in your life. Join us. We don't want you to be uncomfortable. We get conflicted. Jesus told us to love one another. If you want to know what Jesus meant when he said love one another, you should watch Jesus love one another. See how he loved people that he came in contact with. You know how he loved? He spoke the truth and he called sin, sin. But then, but then he paid for it. And when he paid for it, he declared, I don't condemn you. Truth says, you're a sinner. But grace says, I don't condemn you. But there's the tension, right? If you ever try and resolve it, you give up something important. We can't let go of the truth. The, the reason that we have to keep saying what's true is because sin, sin has a huge cost and God doesn't want you to have to pay. So every once in a while, Jesus says, here's what's true. Here's how you've got to live. Here's how you should treat people. Here's what you have to do with your morality and your ethics. And here's why you can't cheat and steal. Sin has a cost, and you don't want it to cost you ultimately. 
And the reason you can't love grace, you can't let go of grace is to, because to an extent, sin, <laughs> it's already cost us. Grace is your only way back. Grace is the only way that you can reconnect with your Heavenly Father. You need truth and grace. So if Jesus, if Jesus was the embodiment of grace and truth, and if the church is his body, we have to conclude that we are the best expression of Jesus that this world will ever know. If that is true, then we have to be comfortable with the mess and the unfairness and the inconsistency and all the stuff that goes along with managing and living with the tension around grace and truth. Now, here's something I am convinced of. The church at its best is when it embraces grace and truth and refuses to let go of either. This is messy. It's difficult. And we just don't know what to do with the tension sometimes, but we can't let go of either grace or truth. The church is to be the dispenser of both. Can we be that church? That church that's all about grace and all about the truth of God. Let's pray that God will allow us to manage that tension so people from every walk of life will know, yeah, 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 we've sinned, but Jesus paid for it. So what would it look like for us to love like Jesus? Live in that tension of grace and truth. You know what I find? Tension makes us stronger. It makes us better. So maybe as we learn to live in this tension, we will point our lives in the direction of Jesus where he embraced both grace and truth. Let me pray for you today. Father God, we are just so grateful uh, of your truth, your ultimate truth that you are God, that you love us, that you care for us. But Lord, the, also the truth that we have broken our relationship with you. Lord, we're also grateful for the grace that you have given us, the grace that says we are forgiven. We can come as we are. Lord, we can continue to work on our lives through you. So, Father, we're so grateful for your gift of Jesus, that, that when he died, he does not condemn us anymore. So, God, we thank you and praise you for that today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you want to embrace that grace. We'd love for you to contact the office. You can always email the office and, and check in with us and let us know how we can might help you take your next steps, maybe even stepping into that grace or the truth of Jesus. Have a great week. We'll see you back here next time. Thanks for joining us. If you are looking to get connected, we are one church in multiple locations. Our Aldergrove campus meets at Parkside Elementary School Sundays at 1030. Our Abbotsford campus has three services each Sunday, 8.30, 10, and 11.30. We would love to see you at one of our in-person gatherings. If you would like to financially support us, you can always give at cscc.ca slash give. See you later.